Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast Minisodes. Today I have a letter, or rather it's more of an essay. It was sent in to us by listener Jackie, and I really enjoyed it and I wanted to share it with you. It's titled, Mormonisms for the Strength of Youth Actually Hurts Its Youth. I think this is the week that I finally do it. My therapist nods with a comforting smile as I tell her my plan. I had sex with three different people. I had sex for my first time on Thursday, April 15th, with a guy named Justin, who I had just met that day. By Sunday, April 25th, my body count was up to three, with two one-night stands under my belt. No pun intended. (laughs) It is by no means monumental for a girl to go through what I call a quote-unquote, hoe phase in college. You're surrounded by other horny teenagers constantly, and no one's checking your, your location over and over again to make sure you're not in your boyfriend's room for more than 15 minutes at a time. This may or may not be based on real events, since you live away from your parents. What made it monumental for me to have sex with three different boys in two weeks, however, was the fact that I was Mormon until January, and that the reason a romantic relationship of mine ended six months prior was because I was waiting until marriage to have sex. I actually spent about three years, from ages 15 to 18, filled with guilt and fear that no righteous man would want to marry me because I had given my first boyfriend a handjob. And this was after I had confessed alone in a room with the doors closed to a 50-year-old man that I had quote-unquote pleasured my boyfriend. Those were his words, not mine. Anyways, my plan was to finally talk to my mom about sex. Correction, to finally talk to my mom about sex now that I don't have to follow Mormonism's rules to stop kissing or whatever else you were doing once I have any sexual arousal at all. My mother and I had the sex talk when I was 15, but it was accompanied by the threat that if I made out with my boyfriend while lying down or anything past that, I would have to confess to our bishop, the aforementioned 50-year-old man, alone in a room who would then ask me specific questions about what exactly I had done. My therapy call ended, and sometime later my mom called me to check in, which she typically does every other day or so. We chatted about my siblings, of which I have seven. She told me excitedly about a new bakery she discovered, and after about 25 minutes, I got up the courage to ask, What do you think I should do about sex now that I'm not Mormon and don't have to abstain until marriage to get into heaven? I was hoping that once I could determine that my mom wouldn't force me to come home immediately and stay in my room for the rest of the year for having lost my virginity, I could tactfully admit that I was no longer the pure chaste, virtuous daughter I was the last time she saw me, excluding the hand job. So, according to my mom, I'm supposed to wait until I turn 28, and I'm in a committed relationship before I can have sex. Why? Multiple reasons. One, I won't, quote, get much out of it until guys my age are mature enough to not finish in two minutes every time. Every time. This statement does not reflect well on my dad, the only person she has ever slept with. (laughs) Two, it is incredibly damaging to young girls' mental health to have sex. And three, men just suck? 
This last reason is still pretty unclear to me. My mom thinks that men have a tendency to hurt women after they have sex with them just because they feel like it. Not sure what to say about that. The reasons she gave for why I should abstain for another 10 years echo those that Mormonism teaches for why waiting until marriage is necessary. Mormons clearly outline the importance of abstinence in a pamphlet given out to every Mormon youth since they, once they turn 12. It's called For the Strength of Youth. The pamphlet has guidelines on a wide range of things, from what kind of shows to watch to what kind of clothing you should wear, and women who dress immodestly become pornography and all that. A direct quote from a Mormon leader. Yeah, it was Dallin H. Oaks. There quote, sexual purity section, about two to three pages long, states, when you are sexually pure, you protect yourself from the spiritual and emotional damage that come from sharing sexual intimacy outside of marriage. Remaining sexually pure helps you to be confident and truly happy and improves your ability to make good decisions now and in the future. So, Basically what my mom said, that having sex will result in emotional damage, low confidence, and poor decision-making in the future. Is there any truth to that? In her article, quote, Are you a trashable styrofoam cup? Harm and damage rhetoric in the contemporary American sexual purity movement. Elizabeth Gish answers this question. In addition to sharing some of her observations about purity culture, the culture that teaches abstinence for the purpose of remaining chaste. She writes, there is no evidence that sexual activity prior to heterosexual marriage is on its own emotionally damaging or traumatic. The risks stem primarily from stigmatization, limited access to support, and age-appropriate accurate information, a shortage of opportunities to learn about healthy romantic and sexual relationships, and limited access to health care. Gish's observations don't disprove my mom or the Mormon church's claim that sex affects people, especially women, adversely emotionally. Another study actually confirms this as well with the finding that Quote, casual sex interactions lead to increased girls' psychological distress and drug use. The issue, as Gish, Gish explains, is that sexual purity advocate, advocates ignore the possibility that the emotional hurt described by young women and girls could be attributable to the normal ups and downs that most sexual and romantic relationships encounter. Nor do they discuss that the lack of physical pleasure can be a routine part of new sexual relationships or the result of taking part in sexual activity that is stigmatized. Mormon teachings that sex before marriage is condemned by God contribute to purity culture and lead to more shame involved in sexual interactions for women. It seems that the emotional damage that many women have after having sex before marriage is a direct result of the purity culture that Mormonism encourages. So that's kind of ironic. Basically, yes, they're right that having sex can make you feel less confident, but it's not because of the sex itself. It's because of the shame that purity culture promotes for having sex before marriage. The claim that abstaining from sex leads to better decision-making might also be accurate, according to Jonathan Kelly, author of International Journal of Sociology of the Family. In his journal article titled A Theory of Human Sexuality, Kelly explores different people's willingness to have sex and how sex might influence relationships. Kelly calls sex a down payment on love and explains that because sex feels so good a lot of the time, everything associated with it is reinforced. 
This can lead to an increased sense of intimacy with the person you have sex with, even if they might actually be an unfit romantic partner. It seems that my mom and Mormonism have it right that it pays to be strategic about who you have sex with, since it can lead to a false feeling of being emotionally compatible, even if you're actually not really all that great together. The rest of the Mormon assertions, specifically that one can be truly happy if they wait until marriage to have sex is definitely still a stretch though. While waiting until later in a relationship can be a smart move, it doesn't make you less virtuous if you choose to have sex earlier on. This is what the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet gets wrong. Shaming youth into abstaining from sex and making bold statements that aren't entirely provable is not the way you teach youth how to have healthy romantic relationships. Elizabeth Gish even states that there is evidence that shows that purity culture does not actually cause less people to have sex before marriage. All teachings like these do is create unnecessary shame that then leads to what my mom was saying about having unhealthy sexual interactions. Eventually, I will tell my mom that I have slept with three times as many people as she has. Yikes. But I won't feel comfortable doing that until I can personally overcome the shame that is ingrained in me from years of reading that stupid pamphlet and being taught that my purity is my most important value as a woman. Without the shame that Mormonism and other organizations like it perpetuate, sex wouldn't have to be something that damages my emotional well-being. Instead of learning where exactly it is okay for my boyfriend to touch me in Sunday school, what if church leaders spent that time teaching consent? Or what a healthy sexual relationship is supposed to look like? Imagine how much better Mormon sex life and self-worth would be if that's what we spent hours learning instead. Ugh, that's me doing soft claps. I had so many thoughts when reading that about how you're exactly right and it's all part of just growing up you're going to feel emotions but when you're taught by the church that if you feel any kind of negative emotion it's because you sinned it's because you weren't ready for sex or whatever it's just leading to more of that purity culture and that shame and it's not actually teaching young people how to have healthy sexual relationships and i'm sure a lot of us have been in this same boat so thank you so much jackie for writing this and sending it in. I'm sure it's going to relate, like I just barely said, to so many of our listeners. You guys, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I'll talk to you next week.